Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Midweek Podcast, Charlie. Big week that just happened. Uh, the regionals were amazing, and we have a lot to get to here on this podcast. Super regionals on the horizon next weekend, but man, uh, first we're going to react to what we saw uh, with these regionals. We had eight games coming up in these games, seven winner-take-alls. I mean, it was amazing stuff, Charlie. Um, really excited to get to it. Yeah, it was... I. You watched it and weren't pumped up. I just don't think you like baseball. That was an absolute blast to watch. Uh, ups, downs, last cry to the whole, all the emotions were in play throughout the whole time. A lot of fun storylines to get to for sure. Bikes will save that for the topic. But our first topic, Charlie, winners and losers from this past week. There's a lot of winners, of course, in particular. There's 16 of them who now are going to be in the Super Regionals competing for a chance in Omaha. But give me your first winner from this past week in uh, that regional action that we saw. Yeah, my first one is uh, anyone who watched it. Like, uh, there's not necessarily, there weren't many like upsets in the sense of who, you know, advanced to the Super Regionals, but tons of close games from schools that maybe people didn't think would put on a show. But they really did, even though it's the big dogs really did kind of come out on top for the most part. It was still a blast to watch a ton of really close games, a ton of great performances from a lot of pitchers, a lot of and plenty and plenty of offense, especially in a certain certain region we'll talk about in a little bit. Plenty of offense across the board. I mean, there were so many games that teams got to exceed 20 runs. Yeah. I thought that was very impressive. And you set me up quite nicely, Charlie, because my first winner is a particular team who they maybe didn't make as much headlines as one particular regional in terms of total offensive output, but yeah. Virginia tech, while they scored some runs, it helped them secure their first ever super regional appearance Congratulations to Virginia Tech, my first winner. They will host Oklahoma. Should be a fantastic super regional. But the number four national seed, everybody knows that they're pretty good, but this is huge for their program, being to uncharted territory for them. First postseason appearance in nine years. And since that trip, they've had five different seasons of fewer than 10 ACC wins. I mean, this is a team that was irrelevant for a while, eight and 22 in 2018 in ACC play nine and 21 in 2019, but they come out and they rake their first two games of the regional. They end up scoring 39 runs breeze through their regional and now set to host some supers. Congratulations to Virginia tech. Uh, that was big time from them for their program and just the way that they've performed all year long. Well, they came to play in the regional when they needed to. Yeah, they did. Um, this has been like a magical season for Virginia tech and Blacksburg in general especially when you have guys it's, it's been just a blast to watch Gavin Cross and Jack Hurley all year. It's going to be, I'm more, I'm still excited to see them play, especially since Oklahoma should be a really interesting regional. Cause we knew going into season, Oklahoma's got a ton of talent and with Virginia tech, I know you and I weren't really high on, but like, this is like a, it's a, a real kind of a coin toss. If you're going to look at some of these other of, of the other super regional matchups, this is kind of one of the ones where you're not exactly sure which one's going to come out of that. And it's just unbelievable, like you mentioned, just down the line, the way this team has continued to hit. It's like you're waiting for them to slow down. 
but it comes to a point where, okay, we've got 16 teams left in the country and you could just name off, okay, this guy hits 380. This guy hits 380. How about a guy who might go in the top five rounds, Cade Hunter as your backstop, Nick Bittison, your first baseman hitting 353. You're hitting bombs everywhere. Uh, Showbull with 18 homers. I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is. It really, really is. Um, that's all I got to say about that. But my next winner is um, I've done this a couple times. You're into me. Seven of my eight World Series picks are still in play. My only one I missed on was Miami, which of all of them, I'm a little more, more okay with than the others. But Stanford really came in clutch for me last night. I'll tell you that much. Uh, they, they did. Um, they really you, did. You had to be sweating a little bit at, in, oh, the, yeah. in the top half of the ninth. But maybe when we got to the home half, uh, <laughs> it was – all hell broke loose, didn't it? And also, yeah, it really did. And that's that Stanford game, like the last two innings is kind of a, in a nutshell, what happened throughout the regions. I didn't really say when I said it for uh, my first winner, but uh, like I said before, there weren't a lot of upsets, but every, like there's so many close games. Like you just, you'd finish one game and turn it, you'd catch the next game. It'd be like the seventh inning, like Southern Miss would come out of, come out of nowhere. LSU, those two teams were going at it for a long time. Like every single time you a game would end, you'd hop onto another one that's late in the game. And then all of a sudden you'd see a lot of offensive explosion from another team. And then they'd retaliate the whole way. It was an absolute blast to watch. And that's what I really loved about the regional rounds is that there was some teams who had to fight and had to claw, and you saw that grit, like North Carolina team that just comes to mind, losing your head coach and then yeah. winning three consecutive elimination games. Some teams coming out of the loser bracket to ultimately get the job done. That's really impressive, and and multiple teams did that to be able to get to the Super Regionals. Now, only a handful of the top seeds, the hosts, went 3-0 uh, and oh, and ended up being cruising through their regional. A lot of teams, like like Stanford, okay, they had to battle through after a loss. Same thing with Oregon State. So there was uh, definitely some resistance put ahead of those top seeds. And just to bounce off you, Charlie, my final eight, I've got Tennessee, Louisville, Virginia Tech, and Oregon State left. So while you have seven of your eight teams left, I have four of my eight Omaha teams still alive. My second winner, though, a team that I did not have advancing, Kudos to them, though. 11 years to the day, UConn wins another regional. Uh, they won the Clemson Regional in 2011 when they had MLB All-Star George Springer on their team. Uh, now they're going to take on the number two seed Stanford, a team that you think is going to go to Omaha. That should be a solid series. And how about Matt Donlin, Charlie? I know last night on the spaces, you mentioned the D2 transfer indeed from Stonehill hits a grand slam in that game. Grew up in Connecticut, comes through for UConn. Great story. They've built a great program. They're two wins away for their first college world series trip since 1979. Their coaching staff has been together longer than any coaching staff in the country as a group, as a unit, 11 years years together and it was 11 years to the day that they win another regional second time in the school history that they're doing it should be amazing congrats to UConn I mean that was you that I know you were high on Maryland I was high on Wake Forest UConn is the team that comes through there and and, I mean you got to tip your hats to them they they played well and those were some bangers against Maryland down the stretch in the in those final two days. Uh, that was really particularly impressive what they were able to defend off uh, a Maryland comeback toward the end there. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I guess we'll address like the fact that I will say that 
call on Bubba in the eighth inning, the Maryland UConn game was absolute bullshit. But in the end, like that didn't really make the difference of the game. Maryland did let up a lot of free bags and they didn't really do their job. And UConn did what good teams do and they capitalized on the mistakes that the other team gave them. So hats off to UConn. They're a fun team. They're a team I kind of slept on this year because I, I wanted to see a lot of Reggie Crawford. Obviously, we didn't get any Reggie Crawford this year. But you lose your star player, and they still came out of it, man. So props to them. And they've had an unbelievable year. They've amassed tons of wins. They've got really good players down the line, and oh, yeah. it, it should be fun to see what happens. Uh, what's your winner number three now? The Stillwater Regional. It not only gave us the most runs ever scored in a regional, it gave us one in a single game with the most state uh, Oklahoma State game, the 29-15 to 15 game. That is just a ridiculous score to think about. That's, that's honestly a decently high-scoring college football game, as it is with that kind of score. Um, go, go ahead. What are you say, Will? Well, no, it was very funny that you mentioned that because Oklahoma State's football team played Missouri State in football earlier or at least this past fall, and those scores were akin to the scores that – what happened on the gridiron, I'll give it to you. Opening game of the year, Oklahoma State versus Missouri State. This is back in the fall of 2021. 23 to 16 was the final score. And then you go back and check out what their baseball team did. It's very similar scores throughout that Stillwater Regional. A lot of runs uh, being put on the board, of course, with those records being broken. Yeah, absolutely. And the other good thing, too, is it's one of those regionals where, like, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, and Grand Canyon are teams I was really excited to see. Like I was happy that most state got in, but I think we can both agree that they have the they have the power in their bats, but they're not necessarily a great, um, well-rounded team overall. But they did hold their own for a little bit there. Um, that Arkansas Oklahoma State game last night was an absolute banger. That was so much fun to watch. Hagen Smith was an absolute dog. It did. It was a little bittersweet seeing my dude Griffin Dorshing be the last out, but that was that's what that's what it's all about is that seven to three win. That was that was an absolute blast. But it was interesting because Oklahoma State had Arkansas on the ropes two days prior. Yeah. They choke, lose. Then they're down 13, 12, nothing against Missouri State. There were so many records in this regional. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Most runs scored total, most home runs total, most runs in a single game, largest comeback ever by a team down 12 nothing in a postseason game and being able to win in Oklahoma State over Missouri State. Most runs just by a team in particular as Oklahoma State throughout the whole duration of the regional scored the most runs ever, including 43 in one day. And they still were not the team that advanced. There were just so many different records and I don't know if Rock Riggio set a record but I think we have to talk about his performance because he had 15 hits and 17 runs driven I mean he hit 536 in the regional and he came up in a big moment freshman on freshman matchup against Hagen Smith that was the moment of the day and uh, he ended up falling short but just for Oklahoma State to come back and beat Missouri State, then beat Arkansas that night, and then fall short to them the next day. Credit to the Razorbacks for sure. That was just one hell of a regional. It was kind of a super regional inside a regional with the teams having to play three times. But, hey, Dave Van Horn, four straight regionals for Arkansas. Uh, It was crazy because, you know, last year, this is the best team ever. Yep. You got got cops. You got – you're the number – you're Tennessee. You're the number one. And then they don't end up going to Omaha uh, like they did in 18 and 19 and then back in, what was it, 15 with Ben and Teddy too. But now, I mean, Dave Van Horn's been to more Omaha's than any other active coach right now. So, he, you know, he's up to something. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, this Arkansas team is just really fucking good, man. They're like they're kind of like a better. Not that they're the same kind of team and it's necessarily style of play, but they're kind of you know like they're the a better version of how Ole Miss. I kind of look at them where, for at different times of the season, like Arkansas did kind of falter and like but you kind of. So it seems like I, even though they're not doing great, like they have so much talent that I think in the end they're going to pull it out. That team also has a ton of experience. I also want to give a shout out to Michael Turner. That dude is an absolute brick wall behind home plate. Mm-hmm. And then uh, safe Oklahoma state. Like it does hurt. Like it's a tough way to lose, especially when you're the one hosting. And if you go through, you host a region, super regional too, I believe. Yeah. Cause they would have played you at have been higher seat over UNC. I think so. It's a lot, but I mean, they have an absolute bona fide star in Rock Riggio. Him and that Hagen Smith, like you mentioned, that was an absolute blast because you're just basically seeing the future. They'll, they hopefully we'll see them again in the turning in the next couple of years. Riggio, man, I mean, he was he He's was different. incredible. He was incredible. Dorshing, just the way seeing him swing like that. Oklahoma State team is good, and they're yeah. still going to be good. I mean, Holiday has something. Uh, going for this team. I know that they fell short of their ultimate goal, but they're a team uh, just like Florida, although they didn't advance. I think that those teams have a nucleus, a good young nucleus that will be able to come back and make an impact for them in the future. Yeah, absolutely. This was, this wasn't obviously every, when you have a squad like that, you're always like, this should be our year. Like you always should have that kind of confidence, especially with an Oklahoma state style team, but they have the luxury of the fact that they're Oklahoma fucking state. So they don't – their reload is basically they just turn it around and go, okay, we lost some absolute dudes. We're just going to reload with more dudes and probably have more years under them too. They got the top recruit in the country. There you go, man. I mean – No, he won't. <laughs> I mean, it'd be, I would love for him too, but like, hell, if, yeah. if you're Jackson Holiday, you go top five, bro, show me that money. I'm not going to college. Yeah. I, you have the rest of your life to go back to college and get your degree if you really want to, but – Right, right, right. Jackson Holiday, the OSU signee, yeah. but uh, it would be badass. He was going to be a top pick in the draft. That's uh, he was at the games though. He was, he was at yeah. the games in Stillwater. I saw a couple times it, it being flashed on the television screen, a, and there was a lot of fans screaming and cheering there. Right. That was fun to see. And Stillwater should feel okay because the rest of that Holiday clan of uh, old Matt Holiday's kids are absolutely dogs too. And they're probably not necessarily going to be like Jackson, but. Bet you we get one of them, one at least one of them uh, to Stillwater to play some ball. So no, the holidays have something going there. I mean, oh, yeah. they, they they that's their life, cowboy baseball, and uh, they're going to be good. For me, Charlie, an, a winner is going to be how about the North Carolina Tar Heels? Yep. I mean, they they fight back through the losers bracket. Their tenth region, super regional appearance in program history. First time ever, though, coming out of the losers bracket. And Scott Forbes gets ejected against VCU. Gets a two game suspension. UNC has to come back and grind out a one run win over Georgia, then beat VCU again to only get their head coach back for the winner take all game seven in which they won. And I mean, that's just unbelievable. We know how you UNC got on that heater to end the season ripped through the ACC tournament. And not only are they going to the supers, they're going to be in a fun super against the team. We just talked about Charlie. I cannot wait to see what happens there. Arkansas at UNC. That's going to be some fun. This should be so much fun. And I know that the Tar Heels have a player in the form of Vance Honeycutt, who we need to be talking about Love a little him. bit more. And they also maybe, maybe just have the best uniform in college baseball when they wear that baby blue Tar Heel. Oh my gosh. It's, that's it's hard. It's hard to beat me. But honestly, a pretty good just jersey matchup coming through. Like I think UNC has better overall like jersey designs in Arkansas, but like that A Arkansas rocks in their hats is just it's so clean, man. I love it. 
Yes, they will be on the road. So, I mean, obviously you bring three uniforms for the potential yeah. of three days or three different combinations. But, I mean, I, I think that if if we get like a Saturday game, like, and you have you have maybe those baby blues against like that, that red or the cream alternate red or that cream. Yeah, that would be, this is a good Jersey match. I like that. Cream cream is, cream is a hard baseball Jersey. Like look to beat is just clean. I didn't mean to interrupt you. My bad. No, you're, (laughs) I like cream too. I mean, it's, it's it's a really nice, uh, uh, look on the baseball field, but I just have one other honorable mention winner that I wasn't able to fit in there. And that's a conference called the Southeastern, uh, conference. Charlie is, do you, have you heard of this conference? The SEC? I've heard of them at the time um, or two. They're pretty good. Yeah, sports. They, they do some pretty good things. The Southeastern conference baseball, all their teams, they had nine teams get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, same with the ACC also had nine teams, but the SEC unbelievable performance um, this past week. I, I think there's no question um, what the best conference is in college baseball, ACC for sure. Second. Um, but you, you have five teams advancing to super regionals. And when it's all said and done, Charlie, we could have five teams of the eight in Omaha be from the sec. So shout out to them. Uh, they continue to run the table in every form of the imagination. Yeah. Um, I hope it doesn't just so I can keep my, my world series seven out of eight alive, but we'll see. Um, it'd be pretty sweet. I'd kind of be down for a five out of eight sec. Uh, college world series because it'd also be a little funny too if none of them won the world series it would be funny and it'd also be interesting because like the sec tournament it's that one and done but like if you have five teams in a double e limb in omaha oh that that would and the teams know each other so well i mean you could even see it with oklahoma state and and arkansas teams that you typically okay they're not going to tango that often that we're getting heated i mean that it was it gets chippy it gets it got chippy with i mean oklahoma had never played florida before it got chippy um when you play three times so that 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 was fun uh kudos to the sec kudos just to the fans yeah uh, at southern they did great fans Uh, fans at knoxville the fans everywhere were just lit they came out I mean, it was fun. They're going to be out there uh, next weekend as well. But that's all for the winners, Charlie, unless you have more to Uh, add. Well, it's a very much a future winner, but future winner. Let's hear it. All like very future. And um, it's the SEC because, you know, the rich always get richer, especially with the SEC. Um, All the teams that like are still in it for them are blue bloods or teams that have no look of slowing down in the next like five years. If you want to like, go out that it's kind of hard though considering how college works but the fact they're also getting texas baseball in this fold too pretty soon and then i'm not mistaken i could be wrong this but i i feel like i saw something a while ago i don't know if this is actually right or not i believe oklahoma baseball staying in the big 12 though right or am i like tweaking on that is that a thing like oklahoma i know we all know is going to the sec for everything but i thought i saw something of them not doing baseball but i don't know if that's right i could be completely making that up in my head no, I mean, it's interesting, obviously, like these aren't going to happen till what that 2025, 2425, Um, And I know that move was announced. What was it last summer? So, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure Texas and Oklahoma. Um, I don't know if Oklahoma baseball is going to the SEC or not. It would probably be a good business decision <laughs> to not go, uh, but it would actually be really fun to see if they were there. Um, yeah, 
but I, I don't know. Um, I think I'll, I'll try I think to Oklahoma State is another team. Like that team just proved that they could hang in the SEC too. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. With what they just did with Arkansas, um, and I know that the SEC is. You're right. The rich is getting rich richer. The SEC is. Uh, maybe saw that series from Oklahoma state. Maybe they're going to try to lure the Cowboys into their conference as well. Cause they, uh, they're getting everybody that's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, but inconclusive, I inconclusive. I don't know. Is yeah. Oklahoma going or not? I don't know. I, if, if I'm somehow right about this, I kind of hope like I was, this isn't baseball wise, but I still like I would, I'd rather have Texas and Oklahoma stay in the big 12 just for, the sake of more parity. And like, I do like, I think big 12 baseball is way better when you have Texas and Oklahoma in it. I get why the schools are going to the SEC way more money and they're both more football oriented than anything else. And like the SEC is the best conference in football. So it makes sense, but baseball wise that it, it won't happen, but it'd be really cool if those two teams did stay in the big 12, but I know that's not really how it works. Right. So we, we shall see there, but as we, as we look now with the SEC and who knows what the future of college athletics is going to look like in a couple of years yeah. with the power fives and the NIL oh, yeah. and everything being crazy. Uh, but now let's flip the pendulum to the losers from this past weekend with the regionals until we get into our uh, preview of the super regionals and all of that. Give me your first loser from this past weekend. Uh, I'm going to go reverse order on our sheet here. So I'm going to go first, most state they were in, and I probably the game of the tournament so far, not necessarily the most competitive, but like definitely the craziest with that 29 to 15 lost Oklahoma state. But the fact that they were up 12 to zero in the, the fourth inning, I believe top of the fourth mm-hmm. and then ended up losing that game is just bad on all levels imaginable. Cause like you give up, not obviously it wasn't 29 unanswered that would have been worse but that's also what i believe the biggest blown lead in regional or tournament history correct yep biggest ever that's, biggest ever that's tough and like people can be like well most it wasn't supposed to be there in the first place but like i don't care who you are you still won your tournament no has got some decent talent in it most states a team with like a legendary coaching staff there they have the bats to keep them in a game like that um that's crazy it's just it is what it is like it, they're they're better than that and that was just shocking to watch so i was at work because i didn't get to see the whole game but i was turning i would turn it on periodically i'm like okay well, like, oh shit they're up 12 to 4 they're up 12 to 0 already most state might pull off a big upset and then next thing i know they're getting absolutely shitted on and that would have ended oklahoma state season right there yeah if so missouri to- state won um it's it's crazy it bananas uh, most state did hold their own i mean i mean most state had an incredible regional being able to get to that point Absolutely. Um, be what they had to have a six, five run ninth inning um, to, to be able to even play against Oklahoma state. So I think that that in itself was pretty impressive, uh, but uh, ultimate collapse and Oklahoma state. I mean, you knew they were going to come uh, 12, nothing. It just wasn't comfortable. It wasn't yeah, and comfortable. They, and they came hard. <laughs> they did indeed um for my squad at least in terms of my loser charlie i'm gonna go with the big 10 that's fair that's if it pick. wasn't for Rutgers not making the tournament being one of the biggest snubs you'll ever see being terrible if that wasn't enough for you how about some of the calls that went against some particular big 10 teams yeah. obviously uh aline 
the Big Ten player of the year, hit the ground ball up the first baseline, and you know the drill. He got called out yeah. for runner interference, run from third base, couldn't come home and score, would have made it a one-run game with a runner aboard at first base. And, one, I thought, and only one out instead of two. And, exactly, and I thought it was interesting because even Rob Vaughn somewhat tried to agree with the call. Here's his quote after the game. It's a hard rule. I think you can call that almost on any play because I've never seen a runner in the running lane that's designated for them. But the rule's a rule for a reason, and he enforced it the way he saw it. Unfortunately for us, in that situation, it was a pretty good gut punch right there. I told our guys, keep coming no matter what, no matter what happens in this review, uh, just keep coming. And I know it was hard um, for them, and it was also hard for Michigan because they were playing against Louisville. Looked like a clear out at second base to end the inning. They go back and review it, leave it safe. Home run hit the ensuing batter. That two-run bomb gave the Cardinals their winning margin. The call stood. If it reversed, the inning would have been over. The game still would have been tied, but that was a massive call that was missed um, right there. Uh, and then it was hard with the Aline play. Um, I know that that's part of your loser. So I'm going to give you uh, the floor, the podium, your two cents, your 10 cents. Let's hear it on that play with Maryland. Obviously you were cheering for him hard, uh, but oh, yeah. that was a very interesting play right there. And to see it enforced in that manner in a late dramatic fashion was interesting to say the least. Yeah. I'm going to start with some positives for just Maryland on the year. You, they should be, this is the you can this is their best season probably in program history ever. You know, you get the championship in the regular season. You are an absolute dog of a team. Bubba Eileen has been absolutely nails all year. You have just talent everywhere. And also, um, they put on a good regional. That place was bumping last night. I, I, I guess it should be like that place was packed to the brim. Um, if I'm Maryland, you gotta give Rob Vaughn the bag. You can't let him go anywhere else possible. I, that man has to be in college park for the rest of his career if you want to keep being competitive in that kind of environment. Now going on to the rule, uh, yeah, I get that it's the right, it's the right call. It's a dumbass rule. Like it makes it so fucking stupid. Like I don't know how is how is Eileen supposed to do anything else than what he did? Not only the first baseman is also directly on the first base um, bag, with giving Eileen nowhere else to go besides hitting him. Um, you literally SEC baseball put out a good thread today talking about like why it's stupid and like how it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'll. I think I might retweet it on the account. If I haven't, um, I will. And everybody should go check it out because he does a great job of breaking it down better than I will. I was pretty pissed about it. Obviously, I won in Maryland. But end of the day, that ump is one lucky that that didn't really decide the game. It definitely did, wasn't good. But when you're Maryland and you give up seven walks and what is it, uh, nine hits, like that's not exactly winning baseball. And the uh, other thing, too, is that, la that last inning – I. Obviously, I've never been in that kind of situation, so I'm not going to critique the guys too much on it, but they, the Terps in the ninth looked really uncompetitive in their last three at-bats. It was not pretty to watch. They did not go up there, I think, with the best approach, which sucks. And, I mean, you know, it, who knows what those they're thinking when you go up the bat. I mean, I know I'd fold like a chair in that situation, but just a really br brutal way to uh, finish that season for Maryland. It was a tough way to finish the season, but you're right. Incredible season. And going up against UConn, I noticed that because I was watching that final inning as well. And and just so you know, UConn's last three games, they had they played Wake Forest, then they yep. played Maryland, then they played Maryland, and then they played Maryland. So obviously yeah. uh, these two teams uh, were very familiar 
with each other. But at the end of the day, I really thought for UConn, I mean, Justin Willis, it was his 15th save of the year. I mean, he, he, he went two innings, six up, six down. He was nasty for UConn um, at the back end of the bullpen. And he was dealing. Um, I thought that it was very, I mean, Aline did everything he could. He had the he had the home run. He was the Big Ten player of the year. He's just an unbelievable player. And that was a very tough call. It really was. And it's hard to not gravitate toward that because it was at least impactful somewhat. I don't know if it would have changed the result of the game or not. Um, the tough thing is we don't know. But yeah, I think that it's just hard because he made a great point about you could call that on a lot of plays. Yep. It's the right call. Sure. But you could call that on a lot of plays and to see it enforced sometimes and not enforced sometimes is I think where more of the frustration comes rather than if it was enforced every time people wouldn't be thinking about doing that in the eighth inning. You know what I'm saying? But also it's just like, you we you we play baseball a lot of people listening if they played like you run to first and if you look at the way he was running he wasn't intentionally oh yeah. i'm gonna move one centimeter inside the base path i'm technically now yeah. in fair territory so i'm technically gonna cause collision you're just trying to bust it down the line yeah. and beat the throw which he did but he was called for interference yeah. so it's, <laughs> it's just it's just crazy to call that in the eighth inning and that it just that's been it's bananas to do that. It's I don't know. There's not really much. I've said a bunch of it. You can I've said it on Twitter too. It's just like it's just a shitty way for that to go down. It was. And here's another very similar way to describe this. I know we talked about it a little bit, but my second loser, Charlie, yep. is going to be Texas State and their collapse in the ninth inning. Yeah, it's tough. Team that was a top 25 squad a lot of the year. They did the horns down. They they did everything great this year. Um, 3-1 lead after a two-out bases loaded knock to make it 3-1 top half. Then Stanford comes back and ties it. Drew Bowser, bomb. Tommy Troy, bomb. Game is tied. Stanford, the place is absolutely lit. And then a freshman comes in 12 at bats all year. Trevor Haskins hits a single left field, walks it off craziness coming through clutch. I mean, against one of the best arms in the Sun Belt, Levi Wells. I mean, that was tough. Texas state was so close to just knocking off the number two seed in the nation. Uh, but Stanford came back, they fought back and, and a guy like drew Bowser, just a true sophomore going back to potentially punch another ticket to Omaha. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was. That was a really crazy game to watch because it was just neck and neck the whole way. It was 1-1 going into that inning and then just – it's what that's what playoff baseball is all about, man. That's what that's what the fans want to see. That's like obviously like, I'm sure people were more rooting for the underdog. I had Stanford. And I liked that Stanford squad a lot, so I was very happy that Stanford won. But that's what that's why we do it, man. That's the excitement that we live for. That's the drama that we want. It was an absolute blast to watch. It really was, and I mean, there's a lot of teams that have been a blast to watch this year. Oh, yeah. Now there's only 16 left, but what's your loser number three, Charlie? I'm glad you said uh, teams that are a blast to watch because I don't know if you know this, Will, 
I, I, I consider myself, I fancy myself a little bit of a Campbell, Campbell's baseball fan. I think, I think that's fair to say. I don't know if you knew Campbell that. Campbell fighting camels? Yeah. The Campbell the very fighting ones, camels? The very ones. Yes. The very okay. ones. Uh, Big South regular and tourney champions. No big deal. Um, they <laughs> are now out of the, they're now out of the tournament, um, but they should be proud of the season they had for one. Like you could say they arguably got put in the hardest um, regional possible. You know, Tennessee is just the best team out there. Like and they proved it once again, uh, um, Georgia tech has absolute dudes left and right as well. Like, not that Campbell doesn't, they do. Um, that's just tough. Like I know like, nobody really had them going out. Like I was hoping they would, but like, it's, they're just not Tennessee and that's okay. But like, just to high, I'm just giving a shout out to um, Campbell pretty much because they've supported us a lot of this year and we've supported them. So, I mean, they should be happy. So like, I'll kind of run through some of their accomplishments this year. They were absolute dogs for one, just off the top. They got that that's dog. The first, that's the they, first yeah, one. Absolutely. You got, you got to like, get, you got to get, you got game time to <laughs> take first. You got to go with that. I like they that. win the regular season. They win the tourney in the Big South as well. Harrington and Neto are All-Americans. They'll get more All-American honors as more places published. First round draft picks. Yes, sir. Um, Tony Vitello said it too, and I agree with him, that Cade Keeler's a first-round talent for sure. He's absolutely electric, and they should be happy he's going to be coming back. Um, they had Their whole damn team was basically first-team All-Big South. You have Halstead, Neto, Pearson, Belbin, Babin, Harrington, Chassie, Denning, all on the first team. And then the second, you have Jordan Keeler and Cummings. Like they hold their, they held their own really. They put up a lot of runs against some really good teams, man. Like they did not, they didn't like bend over and tuck their tails between their legs. They fought their hardest, and, you know, just wasn't in the cards for them this year. Yeah, Keeler is a dog. Harrington is. is a dog. The whole teams are dogs. They can hit bombs. They they held their own too. Yeah. Um, and that Knoxville regional really impressive win against Georgia Tech to start it off, and I mean it was it was cool to see. It was really cool to see. Shout out, of course, uh, to to their fan base who has supported us, it's to Zach, to Maggie, yep. to the whole gang. Um, that, that's awesome. My final loser, Charlie, it's, it's going to actually uh, go against uh, the pitchers, um, the pitchers and particularly the Stillwater Regional, but really across the board. I mean, we saw – a lot of runs being scored, and I think college baseball Twitter even got to the point of speculating, okay, why are we seeing this surge, right? Yep. And I think that it's a multi-factorial answer, right? First yep. off, you have one seeds versus four seeds, right? So you're yep. going to have some lopsided affairs. Second off, when you get to game four, five, six, and seven of a regional, you're out of pitching. Absolutely, so you're stretched out. Guys are going to be raking. And then third of all, uh, people are looking, I think, at potentially are the balls that the NCAA use different than the balls used during conference play. I don't know, so I don't want to get into that. Yeah. But I do think that just in general, um, not being able to prevent runs on many occasions, um, especially like um, Oklahoma State. I mean, you look at how offensively successful they were and how easy that trip felt like it could have been for them. Uh, but then they try to fight out of the loser's bracket. You score a thousand runs, but you uh, let up a thousand and one. It's just tough. Um, so the pitchers um, in, in the Stillwater Regional and just across the board, I mean, so many 20 run games. Um, it's oh, yeah. tough. A lot of people don't realize that when the postseason comes around, you have to limit your travel roster. And there's a lot of guys. Um, toward the end of the year, I mean, during the year, it's limited as well, but it even gets more limited during postseason, more restrictions. And maybe a guy who's thrown two or three innings all year 
he's looking okay at, at the posting. Like, am I going to be traveling or am I not? And if you're on that roster, when the coaches mean all hands on deck in a game seven, it literally means like, if you're there, you're probably going to play. Yeah, be ready. And they set it up for you. It's not like during the regular season um, when, when you got, okay, a guy goes seven, you're the last guy in the pen, you know, you're not going to throw, but once you get into a game six or seven of a regional, um, it, it just gets incredibly difficult. You're probably going to pitch. I mean, Maryland had their third baseman pitching. Yep. Um, it just, it just happens and, and, and it's tough. It's all hands on deck. And that's why the good teams are the deepest teams. Yeah. yeah well said. Well, well said indeed. That was good. I like that. Well, just, now, and also I'll say, I don't see a thing that kind of like the MLB too, is like development's better. So like you're getting these pitchers that are throwing hard, not that like throwing hard and then hitting hard is going to equal necessarily like connecting. Yeah. I'll probably go for them. That doesn't necessarily mean that home runs are going to be hit, but like the players are just better. So there's a more a high likelihood that these dudes can absolutely wreck. And plus, especially this, like the COVID you're like, you have a lot of like sixth year and fifth year guys that would have, you know, graduated or gotten drafted and had gone to the league already. So you have a, you had a ton of bats this year that had absurd amount of ABs throughout their career. So there are a bunch of season vets with a ton of talent. Like Griffin Dorshin, for example, is a perfect kind of guy for this situation. He yeah, a lot of Griffins out there just hitting nukes and seeing a lot of pitchers through their years. No, that is a good point. But I think that it still goes, there's still a lot of experienced pitchers. And yeah, you did see that there was some pitchers this year that put up unbelievable numbers. Tanner Hall being one of them, Cooper oh, yeah. Jerpy, Drew Thorpe. And there was guys like that as well um, who were just unbelievable. And even in the back end of the bullpen, Strivers, Walters, um, guys that could just shut you down. But I think just across the board, you're right. When you get to the, when there's some guys um, that can just beat some bad bullpens. Um, oh, yeah. And, and uh, you better make sure you don't have a bad bullpen in the game of college baseball yeah. or just in the game of baseball now. I mean, not a lot of times you're going to see um, what Finvold, Carson Finvold did, uh, Carson Finvold from Florida, like go to CG with your back against the wall. Yeah. Not a lot of time you're going to be able to see that. You're going to need a good bullpen. And uh, not, not many guys just even on full rest are going or, or like ready yeah. to go aces going nine innings. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I agree. So you got to have a good pen uh, like, like the volunteers of Tennessee do. But now how about the weekend rotation, Charlie? What, what do you got for your Friday, Saturday, Sunday, guys? My uh, first one's a team, and that's Ole Miss because they not only advanced, I think they legitimized their bid that people were pissed about them getting. I know I was – on the uh, side of, like, I wasn't upset that Ole Miss got in. Like, I thought, like I've said many times, I know their season wasn't great, and that's really what you should be going off. Like, they have the talent to play and win a lot of games, which they proved this weekend. Um, I'll get to one of their players. He's on, he's my Saturday. I'll talk about him later. But <laughs> Ole Miss, they go in, they beat Arizona 7-4. Then they go and play Miami. They beat them 2-1. Then they absolutely hit the shit out of Arizona and win 22-6 to advance. Like, they are a very good team. Delusia has been awesome in the second half. Hunter Elliott's been a fantastic freshman the whole year. You have Kevin Graham, McCants, Elko. You have the whole squad. They are a team with a ton of experience and a ton of talent. And I'm, I'm happy to see them still being here, man. That way, like, I know NC State did kind of snub, especially Rutgers, Rutgers more so like you, you and I both been on the side of. But Ole Miss has the talent and the um, pedigree to be here, and they're proving it once again. They do. Um, Ole Miss is going to Omaha. Um, I think that when you got back and looked – um, you, you beat the brakes off of Arizona yep. and you knew that Ole Miss could, ha they had what it takes 
They have the experience, Elko and Graham. They have that flair and that great defensive play with a guy like Peyton Chattanier. Like they've got some dogs on that team. And like a lot of the year that they were struggling, we talked about this in the last show, was when Graham was out. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they, they, they're surging at the right time. And I when I saw it was Ole Miss with a date against Arizona, I thought it had the like to be a game, uh, a banger of a game. I mean, you got yeah. Daniel Susak. I mean, he's got the amazing prospect talent, first round type guy. People in his family have gone and played in the big leagues. And and, and also you had, it was a rematch from last year. Ole Miss, yep. uh, Ole Miss against Arizona, that Arizona team. Also had Jacob Berry on it at the time, but Ole Miss comes through. Ole Miss really does come through. Hats off to them, and that that's big. I mean, they were the last team in. Now they're the champs. Elko with the three bombs. My Friday guy, I mean, it's going to be one person, Charlie. And I know that on the Zoom video communications right now, you can see behind me, I have a particular oh, yeah. person on my screen. And we'll get to him a little later, but one of his teammates, um, it, it's fun to see guys connect on balls and, uh, drew Gilbert. Well, he was the sec batting champion, but he connected a lot on baseballs this year. Oh, yeah. He also connected on one in Knoxville this past weekend over the scoreboard. If you haven't seen it, um, what do you type in Charlie drew big drew Gilbert home run you, you, uh, over scoreboard. You'll see yeah. this dude obliterated a baseball. And it was just amazing. Like he in itself from that one swing is my Friday guy, drew Gilbert, putting a ball into what I call orbit um, <laughs> over the score. I mean, unbelievable. He hit it over the top of Rocky top, man. Drew Gilbert hit that thing a million miles. A million. <laughs> and like whenever Drew Gilbert connected on that baseball, it was very Griffin Dorshing esque the yeah. way he connected on it. Um, I mean, there were some fun, there were some bombs this weekend, you oh, know, yeah. taking some time to just talk about the bomb. I mean, Wyatt Langford, Charlie, a guy that I just love seeing connect. He had some tape measure shots this yep. weekend i mean i mean you all we know the way fabian can hit at florida his teammate as well and then of course melendez hit his 30th can't forget to mention that with all the moon shots there were but that that's my friday guy uh how about you charlie saturday coming up from this past weekend um the man with healthy knees this year tim elka in the regional seven for nine Seven runs, seven RBIs, five walks, three bombs. Tim Elko is Mr. Clutch. He does it again. Like, you, nobody, no one should ever want to face Tim Elko when it's postseason time, and he's proven it once again. Like, the dude's – he's the elk man for a reason. That's that's unbelievable. Like, postseason time, he's coming through again, had a three-home run game. Um, he, He's been great. Seven for nine seven RBI, seven run, three homer, five walk. I mean, that's impressive. I, I know that you are watching that Stanford game. Isn't it crazy the numbers Tommy Troy put up, puts up in the postseason too for Stanford? I mean, yeah. it, it's really crazy to look at. I mean, kind of in the similar regard. I mean, this is the second consecutive year um, that Troy is doing this, but kind of in a similar way that we've seen it happen with Elko. I mean, in the postseason, 
Troy has three home runs. He had two all year. And in, in last year, he had, I think, five home runs in the postseason, and he only had four all in the regular. Like the two years, he's just been hitting bombs in the postseason. Of course, he had the biggest one ever tying the game yeah. um, in the ninth inning last night. But uh, Tommy Troy, yeah, he's been another guy who's Mr. Clutch. And my Saturday guy is not Tommy Troy, but shout out to him. Maybe he can start somewhere in between. My Saturday guy, though, is Michael Turner. Charlie, how about big hits all weekend? Eight for 18, five runs, 11 RBI, two home run, caught all five games, which I think is very impressive and important, especially in that uh, Stillwater Regional. Uh, Some long games in there. He's the most outstanding player in the regional. Um, Big get on the transfer market coming from Kent State over to Arkansas, and he handled the pitching staff great. Gave Arkansas that 7-3 to lead on that uh, late two-run double in that game. Uh, to be able to take it against Oklahoma State. Turner was a beast um, uh, this past weekend. He is my Saturday starter for my weekend rotation. Yeah, Turner's been one of the best transfer gets all year, and like probably one of the more under-talked about ones as well. Like the, every time I watch him, I swear he's making just absolutely crazy plays behind the plate, picking balls, blocking them, throwing guys out, just being an absolute leader out there. Like That's the kind of guy you need in this time, time of the season. Hey, you really do. He, now, he... Oh, my bad. Go ahead. No, I, I need to hear you. I need All to right. hear your Sunday guy. On the opposite end, a guy who has doesn't have a lot of experience, but you would not know it if you watch him play. That's Vance Honeycutt. He not only saved UNC season when he robbed that home run, he is one of my favorite freshmen to watch this year. And the fact it says a lot when he's the only the second best freshman in the ACC behind old Tommy White. But Vance Honeycutt, I think, could be a player of the year kind of guy in a year next year or the year after. But he was awesome in this regional. I'm going to go through some of his stats. He starts off against Hofstra, two for six, three RBIs at home run. The game one, the first game against VCU, one for four, RBI, walk, home run. Goes to Georgia, he gets two on. Goes two for three, two walks. VCU game two, one for five, three RBIs, one walk, one home run. And then VCU game three, two for three, one walk, one double. So on the regional, he went eight for 21, seven RBIs, a double, five walks, and three homers. And he's a goddamn freshman. And made the defensive play of the year for UNC. And I mean, he's a beast. A I mean, he, could he get to 30 and 30 is the question. It depends. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to be upset. I mean, no, I mean, he's like, and he might, he might be the best player in the ACC. If Tommy white transfers somewhere, somewhere too, we'll see. Or, I mean, he's in the portal, so who knows, but my Sunday guy is a slew of individuals who typically start for on Friday nights. But these guys are called the aces of the pitching staffs. They threw on Friday, and so a lot of them came back on one or two days rest, throwing on Sunday or Monday, shoving and helping their team. Here's a couple of those guys. How about Cooper Jerpy? Led the Beavers past Vandy. The All-American slammed the door completely shut after throwing 100 pitches on Friday. He's able to just come in and get the job done, striking out the world like he's done all year. Not another guy, starting pitcher, Hagen Smith, coming in, not being denied. How about another guy, Austin Peterson, working out of the bullpen, a guy who starts on Friday nights for UConn. Five batters, he strikes out in two and a third, picks up his 11th win of the year. Tanner Hall did the same thing, and I love it. I love seeing these arms just get 
after it. We saw starters closing. We saw closers starting like Zach Maxwell and Tristan Stivers. That's what you see in regional action. And I love it. I need it, Charlie. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, when your dudes can ball and they can pull off their mad bum shit, it's always a good time. And like Cooper Jerpy's a baller. Um, it's just fun, man. It's just been, I'm just, I don't have, you said it best. I don't know. It's just, it's so fun to see this year. It's been a blast. Did you see Zach Maxwell get to throw? No, I missed it. I'm not going to lie. Six, it's working. Six, six, 275, miles per hour on his 100th pitch of the game. And then Strivers last night, it gets lost in the shuffle. I mean, that's kind of starting experiment <laughs> worked out pretty well. I mean, seven, seven innings, nine Ks. Uh, yeah, you allow a run against Stanford's amazing offense. Unbelievable. I mean, there's some there's some really impressive guys. One other honorable mention starter is just uh, Auburn and Brody Moore. Um, yep. he, he took flight in this regional kind of the same way that Texas A&M's uh, Mr. Rock did as well. But Auburn went three and oh, more went eight for 15. Auburn's got 40 wins now. Uh, they're they're hosting their regional. They are picked last in the SEC West. They don't care. And here's this. Charlie Auburn won a regional in 18, 19, and now 2022. They've won nine straight regional games dating back to 2018, outscoring their opposition during that stretch, 117 to 43. That's per at Auburn baseball Twitter. That's impressive. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I call winning baseball. It is winning baseball, and that that is uh, what we got to see. Obviously, 16 teams left in the country with the Super Regionals coming up, best of three series this coming weekend that we're about to preview, Charlie. But uh, one big story that we didn't really get to mention throughout our winners, losers, or weekend rotation, but I thought somewhere should be sprinkled in there, not to mention Jordan Sprinkle, who is a beast, and I like always bringing that up because they were a big-time team in the Big West this year, and he's going to be an awesome player, and he's one of the best defensive shortstops that you'll ever get your eyes on but I think that it was interesting to see what Jim Schlossnagel's team was able to do TCU had always dominated Texas A&M always but A&M finally beats TCU with their former coach after a seven run ninth inning um, these two teams obviously is a great rivalry they're supposed to play next year in that Shriners classic I already got the date book, Charlie, we might need to go down to Houston, but I'm down, but TCU, I mean, they beat A&M in 15 and 16 and in a 2017 college world series of elimination game. Uh, but a little bit of vengeance right there oh, yeah. um, for, for, for A&M, but there's just some fun things. We saw so many walk-off winners, Stanford, Oregon state, Maryland, Tennessee. I mean, there were so many game sevens that we saw. I loved it. I mean, I loved every second of it, and I'd go back and watch every single second of it again if I could. I was locked in uh, this past weekend. I can't wait to lock in, Charlie, uh, oh, yeah. for these Super Regionals as well, which we're about to do now and sure. get to our picks. Yeah, Um. so I'm going first, I guess. Notre Dame at Tennessee, I'm still going to – spoiler, I'm just going to be sticking with basically all the teams I have still going to the World Series, but so – I'm taking Tennessee. I still think they're the best team in the country. Um, very excited. It's going to be very interesting, though, because they're both very good teams in different ways. But it should be a fun one nonetheless. It should be fun, Charlie. And I think this is where we get to um, where me and you are connected via Zoom. Beautiful application uh, where you can uh, pull certain human beings or pictures. And I guess those could be human beings. 
And uh, maybe you could tell the audience what you see behind me. Will, I know you told me before, I, I, the dude's eyeballs are <laughs> cut off from me. So isn't it Dollander, though? Yeah, Chase Dollander. Um, he is, and you guys need to go look him up. Go look up his uh, profile on Tennessee Athletics and tell me what you guys think of his profile picture juxtaposed behind what he looks like on TV or in game actions of him throwing. It's very interesting. But he is going to be on the mound, and he is a beast. And so is um, it's interesting because you have four potential first round starters. It's like, shoot. I mean, Blake Tidwell's your four starter and he's, I mean, he's probably a first rounder. So it's hard. Tennessee's laughably good. You know, we yeah. haven't even got to their offense and just guys that can kill a baseball, literally tear a cover off it like a Drew Gilbert can and everybody else in their lineup. But yeah. I'm really interested in what Dallander can do against Bertrand. I think that's going to be awesome. a great game. And I honestly would not be surprised. That's going to be the pitching matchup of the weekend. I think we can all yeah. agree on that, but I would not be surprised if Notre Dame maybe took that game. I think though, that if Tennessee is going to win it in three, I think this is going to be a very intriguing one to watch, but I'm picking Tennessee in uh, three games. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think Bertrand might be one of the best aces that no one talks about. And he really might be. And you brought it up with what Stanford had at the front end of their rotation, I would love to make a short list of life on the line. Who are you going to pick uh, to, to pitch a game for you? Bertrand's got to be in there somewhere yeah. in that top five, top 10. I mean, he's a beast. He is. He's up there. I mean, if you have John Michael Bertrand up, you, you should feel confident in your ability to win that game. And we'll see if Notre Dame can take that confidence to Knoxville in adverse environment. But we both picked Tennessee. And that one next one is Texas at ECU. Um, I'll go first on this one. If we want to flip flop, I'm going to pick Texas. No surprise there. Um, I had Texas in the onset to going uh, decently far. I won't try to stunt on everybody and say that I had them picked uh, to go um, to Omaha because I did not. I do have four teams still alive, but at this juncture, I, I figured that they were potentially going to run into Virginia at this segment. But now that they're playing ECU, I know they're going to be going to Greenville and Bryson Morrell is a beast. I mean, Ivan Melendez is a beast. You got two great power hitters. I just think Texas gets the job done, especially with the way Pete Hansen's going to set the tone in game one. I think Texas takes it in two games. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, that's no shade at ECU. I, um, I had Virginia coming out of that regional. I still had Texas beating Virginia. I just think Texas is still that kind of squad. They have, there's kind of like Tennessee light in a way they have tons of experience and, dangerous bats all throughout the lineup. They might have the best defensive catcher in Silas Ardewine. Um, Melendez golden, should be the Golden Spikes winner. ECU's had a great run, but I do think it stops here. It's their third straight regional title, too. Like, ECU's been to Supers, and I oh, yeah. think the fans in Greenville, they know that it's kind of expected now to win yeah. uh, regionals. They've had a little bit of demons now in these in these super regionals. It would be massive if they could beat Texas. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so now next up, you go first on this one. Louisville is traveling to, oh man, College Station. We've got Louisville at Texas AM. Who do you got? At AM. Schlossenegel has just done such an unbelievable job this year. Like I thought they'd be rebuilding a lot more than they did. Like they had a talent. Dylan Rock's on another level right now. Um Louisville's a fantastic squad. I just think AM's a little better. And I've just kind of one of those things where um, 
unless there's a team that I'm just all in on, like a Tennessee, like I, I'm just not, I've decided just not to pick against AM. It's usually gone better for me when I did it that way. So I'm going to keep sticking with the Aggies for right now. Well, if you did that toward the second half of the year, you'd be a right man. A lot oh, yeah. of the time they've turned it on. They won SEC series after SEC series. AM has been hot. Louisville's offense scares me. I know I know it's going to be nice with Detmer and Dallas uh, shoving 12th man going to be lit. But is that going to be enough to hold down guys like Usher and rushing and Metzinger. Uh, and Metzinger and Christian Napchek who can just yeah. do everything on a baseball field for you? I don't know. I think Louisville's going to take it in three games, Charlie. I think that is going to be fantastic. It's going to be a fun one. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. I mean, that. we'll get to that next. Next, we're going to talk about what we're most excited for in order, and then we could maybe even break down a little bit more about those particular regionals. Right now, getting to our picks, we both had Tennessee. We both had Texas. We flip here. You got AM. I got Louisville. Next one is Oklahoma at Virginia Tech, and I got VTech in this one. Uh, they're just in a kind of a class of their own. Yeah, I do too. Um, kind of like at AM in the world, they just – Absolutely. Sky went way past above and beyond what I thought they'd do this year. Jack Hurley was an All-American pick for me. Gavin Cross is a, a first-round talent. Like The Hokies have not failed yet this year. I don't think it's going to happen with the Sooners. So I guess it's not going to happen soon, I guess. It will not happen soon. Uh, now it's UConn at Stanford. I just I think this is a lopsided affair. I think Peterson is good. I think Pat Gallagher is good for UConn. Uh, I think it's going to be tough, though, to hold down. I mean, when you got guys toward the bottom of your order named yeah. Drew Bowser, Tommy Troy, and Cody Huff, yep. then I don't even want to know who's hitting toward the top of your order. That Stanford Cardinal, that that those hitters are nasty. And it's going yeah. to take a lot for UConn. I think UConn can uh, be – I think it's going to be a somewhat competitive series. Uh, but I think overall Stanford gets the job done. Yeah, I agree. Um, Stanford top to bottom is absolutely loaded. I do think they're a very, very strong two seed. And they also have one of the best pitchers in the country with Alex Williams. I don't think UConn's going to do much against him. So that should give them the first game right there. And then, I mean – Stanford showed their stripes yesterday. They clutched up when they needed to. They have the depth for it. Like Braden Montgomery is still a dog as well. Oh man, uh, he Brock is. Brock Jones, like the whole squad is just filled with the area. Like the whole team. The whole team is crazy. It's just stacked. And uh, I think the trees are going to stand tall against these Huskies. Yeah, Stanford's been there before. And I think that they're going to do some good stuff. Now we've got. We've got Arkansas, U A R K. The Jersey matchup, the, baby. The Razorbacks at UNC. It's Chapel Hill and yes, everybody sir. getting rowdy. Oh, man. Is it me or are you going first on this one? I think it's me. Okay, go I'm going ahead. Arkansas. Um, I Similar thing. I've applied the logic. And I said it earlier. Some kind of broken record at this point with at Ole Miss. They have the talent. Um, Arkansas really showed a lot of toughness and nails in that regional. Um, they're very deep. They're very loaded across the board. Um, I just really like what they have going on. I guess there's not, there's not really much to hate. They've been there before plenty of times. It's not like they're a bunch of fresh faced kids. They've got the experience. They've got a good, they've just got everybody. They've got, they've got dogs, got some dogs on their team. Yeah. They, I mean, I think everybody's got dogs now that we've oh, yeah. got. True, uh, fair, 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 to fair. The sweet 16. They got a whole but, pound then. They got a whole pound then. Oh, no, they do. They do. They have canines, Rottweilers, everything. But I think that, I think that I'm going North Carolina, Charlie, three games. I think they take it in the third one. They clutch up at home. Uh, UNC's fun. They do have a guy named Vance Honeycutt. They do have a guy named Johnny Castagnazzi. They do have a guy named Danny Soretti. And they do have a lot of faithful as well uh, for the Tar Heels 
and a beautiful Jersey matchup as well. I can't wait yes. to keep talking about that one. I'm excited for that series for sure. Um, here's another one I'm excited for as well. And we'll get to that next of what we think in order our most exciting series, but Ole Miss at Southern Miss. I mean, take a moment right there. Southern Miss just hosted LSU. They're probably partying all week long. Oh yeah. Um, and now they get to host Ole Miss. You just showed that, hey, you might not be that superior or inferior team to all the SEC squads Yeah. when you just struck at the King Conference. You didn't miss there when you topped LSU. But here comes Ole Miss, uh, another short track uh, for Ole Miss, Southern Miss, in-state rivals. This is going to be electric. I'm going Ole Miss in three games. Yeah, I'm taking Ole Miss as well. Uh, should be a close oh, one, though. Man. I'm very excited for this because we all know about Tanner Hall and Hurston Waldrip and the whole squad. Like, these are two of some of the best fan bases in baseball. And it's, since it's so close to home, it's fun. And I think it's even more fun the fact that Southern Miss is the one hosting and not Ole Miss. It is. I mean, Southern Miss's fans are electric. Oh, yeah. Another low key good uni matchup. Not necessarily for the colors, but the, the designs are pretty sweet. I rock with them. Especially if Southern Miss goes out with those pinstripes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm glad man. you said that. Those pinstripes those, are clean, man. Those are nasty. So now we've got – so we both have Ole Miss in that one. I, I, oh, it's, I was – my heart was turning at me like, come on. Tanner Hall is going to set the tone. Yeah. Then they got another first-rounder behind him, 95-96. Like, oh, like, oh, like, am I going to keep doubting this Southern Miss team? Yeah. Oh, man, it's hard. Ole Miss, oh, we'll see. We'll see. You got you got the legend of Tim Elko on your team. But Auburn at Oregon State now, um, this wasn't too difficult of a pick, uh, but I'll let you go first, Charlie. I'm taking Oregon State. I think Corvallis is one of the hardest places to play in. Another kind of like an Arkansas and like Ole Miss and like those blue bloods, like they've been there so many times. They know what it takes. You, they have arguably the, if you don't think that he is, he's definitely in the conversation, best pitcher in the game right now with Cooper Jerpy. You know, you have Jacob Melton, you have a lot of guys top throughout the order that are just very good. Auburn's good though. Auburn's very good too. Um, should be interesting. One. I'm very excited to see Jerpy versus DiCiara. That'll be a lot of fun to watch, but I'm taking Oregon state nonetheless. Cooper Jerpy, I'm taking Oregon State too. I mean, Jerpy, best pitcher in the nation. I mean, he's a beast. I hope he can throw throw twice. Um, maybe game one, game three. I don't need, I don't even know if Oregon State will need that though. But now we will get to what we are most excited for, and we'll give you at least from each of our perspective what super regionals we want to be most excited for. Fans listening now, uh, this you're you're listening on a Wednesday, maybe Thursday, maybe you're catching this on Friday before these super regionals begin on Friday. We're going to tell you what you need to know, how excited we are, and how exciting these Super Regional matchups are going to be. First Super Regional matchup, Charlie, that I'm most excited to see. I don't know if I'm going to miss a pitch of this entire Super Regional. Louisville at Texas A&M. I think there's some great storylines here. You have Louisville's offense 
I, I mean, they're so dangerous. It's why I've had them in Omaha since the onset of the NCAA tournament. I've got four teams left. I'm trying to ride them all. I mean, from rushing to Peyton to Usher, we talked about it before, to Napcheck to Metzinger, I don't care. You're hitting over 300 as a team in the ACC. You got guys like Ryan Hawks and Michael Prosecchi out the bullpen. Now, Louisville starters have been a little vulnerable. I know AM has good offense, and Dylan Rock is a beast. Detmer in Dallas is going to be amazing. It's College Station. They're going to be rowdy it might be what happened in AM this weekend it's bubble time anytime they got some stuff going so it's going to be amazing the most excited i am for any series out there this weekend louisville at AM is going to be what i call lit all the letters are capital too charlie <laughs> yeah you're not wrong and um the underrated part about these two teams is that their talent's underrated in the national spotlight uh, they don't understand the sex appeal as like a Tennessee does. And like, gosh, Tennessee deserves that kind of title. But like there are absolute dudes throughout both these teams, like a Dylan Rock, a Micah Dallas, a Christian Napchek, a Ben Metzinger, oh, a, Jared, a Jared Poland even. Like they have dudes everywhere. Like this is not that has less name brand appeal Payton. in the sense of the players, but yeah. they have absolute studs throughout. And the fact that it's in College Station, like that place is an absolute electric factory times five. So like it's going to be a fun one. It's a good pick. The second tickets went on sale, like – sold out i mean oh, that yeah, place that place is going to be electric Bumping. factory i cannot i cannot wait uh i mean you've seen those AM fans before you know oh, yeah. a pitcher throws ball four ball oh, five four. ball six ball, i mean that's amazing seven. that's yeah. amazing um so adverse environment for sure what, what what's your number one charlie I'm picking the first one solely on environment, and that is Ole Miss at Southern Miss. Um, Fair. Another one that has a ton of talent, uh, arms from the Southern Miss, the bats from Ole Miss. It's going to be a lot of fun. Southern Miss fans don't give a fuck about nobody. Ole Miss fans are absolutely rowdy too. It's going to be fun because they're two. Like if you ever if you haven't watched the game at either of these places yet this year, like they are two of some of the best. Like the beer showers at Ole Miss are electric. Southern Miss fans just chirp all day. They don't stop. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really, really tense. I wouldn't be surprised if the bench is clear once or twice throughout this whole series, especially if it goes to a game three. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm dying to watch Tanner Hall versus Tim Elko. That's going to be a fucking banana. Tanner Hall versus Tim Elko. Tanner Hall versus McCann's versus Graham. The whole damn team. It doesn't matter. Tanner Hall versus Ole Miss is going to be absolute must-watch TV. I really can't wait for that. That is your – you're right. Tanner Hall. Whew. Man, I mean, he's going to set the tone. He's going oh, yeah. to set the tone, I think. That's going to be fun. Uh, I'm right there with you. Atmosphere alone, probably the most electric. Um, yeah. I can agree with you there. I probably have Louisville A&M number one for me just because I think that will be the most competitive series on the field. Plus, you have that atmosphere of College Station. Next up for me, Charlie, the second best that I believe I'm, or at least I'm most excited for in terms of the intrigue, the matchup and everything is probably the second most competitive series. I think we're going to see this weekend and another game that I think is going to go three or another series that I think is going to go three games. That's Arkansas at UNC Dave Van Horn going to Chapel Hill. The Tar Heels have been hot. Arkansas just proved their worth in the Stillwater regional. They've got Caden Wallace and Slavens and Hagen Smith 
and dude's a freshman coming out there dropping it and they have the hardest thrower in the entire world jackson wiggins i mean it's going to be unbelievable i know you're a big jackson wiggins love guy some wiggins and <laughs> smith too man love Hagen i smith. mean i do i i know we talked so much about wiggins in the arkansas preview and then yeah. i just see him out there 98 with movement too mm-hmm. like that's the thing like this dude is the hardest thrower ever and uh, we had a lot of those guys uh obviously fun, no 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 harder than mr joyce but uh he's still a beast and uh arkansas and unc i cannot wait i think those two teams colliding in chapel hill ultimately i've picked unc to be able to advance in that one that's another three gamer for sure for me yeah that's a great pick um my second one is not necessarily the atmosphere is going to be electric at this place but it's not necessarily my uh I'm blinking. Not it's more. This one's my second pick's more of curiosity to see how these two teams play against each other, and that's Notre Dame at Tennessee. Um, I think Notre Dame's just been a team that probably should have hosted, like, like for example, over Auburn, but Auburn did prove that they were in the end worthy. So I'm not really qualms about that. But John, I'm really excited. I really want to see Bertrand versus Dollander. I want to see how he does against that Tennessee lineup. Um, also, Tennessee's just a bunch of savages out there, just straight savages, man. Like, I it's gonna be fun seeing that and it's even better because it's at rocky top tennessee fans get after it uh they might have a little bit of shock for these jesuit boys up in notre dame but it's gonna be a fun one i'm very excited for it big dollander yes big sir Dal- <laughs> i mean that's gonna be a, that's a pitching matchup to watch um I'm, I'm with you there i love it um that's actually my third most exciting series to watch i mean for tennessee when you look at their perspective other than what lsu and vanderbilt Yep. I mean, this is the biggest test they'll have all year. I mean, yeah, they played a couple teams in the Shriners Classic in a one-off, but when we're talking about best teams, like Notre Dame is a good team. Like they this are. will be a very, one of the most competitive series we see all weekend, right up there with Louisville at A&M and Arkansas at UNC. I mean, this is going to be amazing stuff. Notre Dame is good, um, but can Tennessee keep running the table is the question really. And that's why there's so much intrigue because everybody has them winning it all, but Notre Dame feels slighted. They should have hosted and now they get the worst draw in the world having to go to Tennessee, but Notre Dame's good. Notre Dame's a dang good team. I think it probably goes three games and the Knoxville faithful just pushes them through in that third and final game. I don't, I mean, it could go three games. I don't know if, if it's, if it goes through games, it's going to be on Friday because of bird trend. I think that's how I look at it. But nonetheless, it's just, it's also like I had to put that in number two. I just, I, I love watching Tennessee play. It's so much fun. Though. They're such a fun team. Right. I hope it doesn't go three and I'm saying it could, but Tennessee is right. also the best team. So they are. Um, so I guess it's my turn, right? It is, it so is your turn. I'm going to take what well, you took second and put it up for my three, Arkansas at UNC. I don't have to say a whole lot more. I think you did a really good job of it too. I'm going to be very interested to see how the Arkansas fan base, because they always travel well. So it's going to be fun seeing them invade Chapel Hill out there. You can see a whole lot more right than I think people would expect. And then just tons and tons of not only just college talent, but like pro talent guys of all ages. It's going to be a lot of fun. I want to see a honey cut. Stacks up against the Razorbacks. It's going to be exciting. Jackson Wiggins. I want to see more Hagen Smith. I want to see, I want to see as Will, you'd say, I want to see a banger. That's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> and Arkansas UNC, I think, has the most potential to be the biggest banger out of these matchups. I think it has the highest ceiling. It does have a high ceiling. It does. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, fourth, I got Ole Miss, Southern Miss. We already talked about that. Um, for me, that's, that's just going to be amazing. I mean, 
Waldriff, Hanner, Tanner Hall, 100%. Yep. I mean, that the atmosphere is going to be just like College Station, just like Knoxville. Competition going to be fire, too. Love it. At Tim Elko might hit a bomb. Um, we might see a lot of different things there, but that's my fourth. Oh, yeah. Um, my fourth is uh, Louisville at AM. I think you made a lot of good points, and I do uh, I think they're very fair. I said already, like, the, not just the name brand, but there's so much talent, which really piques my interest in it, too. Um, it's going to be competitive. I think this is one of the not harder ones for me to decide on. It's just going to be, um, it's just, I'm excited to see Aggieland. That's all I'm really pumped for. It. I want to see both these teams go. Both also have sweet jerseys too, by the way, another underrated matchup, not the best Jersey matchup, but a good one. Nonetheless. No, that's going to be fun for sure. I got a, uh, of course I'm very high on that series. That's the number one series that I have Louisville and A&M, but for number five for me now, Auburn at Oregon state, I think it'll be fun. Uh, Sonny D versus Cooper Jerpy going to be a battle. I think this maybe even could be another three game affair. Oh, yeah. uh, but but ultimately, I think that we're gonna we're gonna see Oregon State get the job done. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's one of the harder ones, but I'm rocking with Oregon State too. My fifth one is UConn at Stanford. One because I just really enjoy watching Stanford play. Alex Williams is a dog. That whole lineup, like we said, is an absolute dog up and down the order um also i didn't just i just didn't watch enough yukon in the regular season they were fun to watch in that regional i want to see more of it i think that friday game i think that first game should be a lot of fun with alex williams and whoever yukon wants to throw but i think yukon could give them uh more competitive series i think people realize i'm not guaranteeing that but peterson's dirty peterson williams is going to be a good matchup it will do i'm excited i think yukon's one of those teams where like I, I will. I'm, if I've had a bet, I'd bet on Stanford, but I think UConn could, uh, I think they'll make them sweat. Might make them sweat. I mean, sweat is a very um, natural action by human beings when they're under duress. And I think that UConn has put a lot of teams under duress this year. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, the sixth best series out of the eight that we will see as we go down the line, Oklahoma at Virginia Tech. I know Oklahoma has been really hot and there has been a lot of intrigue in this series. Nothing really gravitates me to this series. I do want to see how Peyton Graham and the Oklahoma Sooners can play. Uh, I gravitate toward this because of how good I like Virginia Tech and I have them in the College World Series and they have uh, going up against a hot team, but I just think Tech is able to get the job done. Uh, their raw offense is unbelievable, and I think that they're going to be able to stifle that Oklahoma Sooners pitching staff. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Uh, my sixth is Auburn, Oregon State. I said it, I already said it before, but I want to see Jerry P versus DeChiara. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, not necessarily like they're not, it seems like I'm as pumped to watch like week in and week out as some of the other teams on this, on these, uh, Matchups, but they're still very good and still very much worth watching. Corvallis is always fun this time of year. That place gets packed to the brim. Um, good orange matchup, too, there. But, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. And then my seventh is Oklahoma versus VTech. Tons and kind of like kind of like I just said for the Auburn, Oregon, and you said for the Oklahoma State, Virginia Tech thing, too. Uh, now, neither of these teams are like my favorite, but in the, they're obviously very talented. But I'm excited to watch the offensive firepower both these teams bring. Like Peyton Graham's going to be a lot of fun because, you know, he's never an easy out. And then Hurley and Gavin Cross are always a blast as well. And then for my seventh series, UConn Stanford, um, I think that Stanford just gets the job done. And if I have all the other series to pick from, probably won't be watching that one. I mean, I'm going to be watching all of them. I'm going to yeah. have, I'm going to, I got to coordinate, got to get the, setup i'm looking to get the right setup and compile all the screens that i have yeah. into one room oh yeah and so i got the little monitor laptop phone 
and split then, screen and then split screen and then the two other TVs go into the main room. So realistically, I'll have all the games. And then on the other page, uh, I mean, I just tap into squeeze play, which cuts yeah. in on every single game. So I'll be set and I'll watch probably as every single pitch I can. Yeah. Um, but that's one that maybe I'm not as intrigued to watch, but I'm definitely still, I mean, Williams versus Peterson. I mean, it's the sweet 16. How can yeah. you like rank it? I mean, it's hard. Um, <laughs> They're all going to be fun. They all should be fun to watch. They should be. And then the eighth one for us, uh, we both agreed on this one. The only one we have left Texas at ECU. I just think Texas is a better team. Yeah. They'll probably get the job done in a couple games. Um, I really do think ECU is good. They've gone to three straight supers. They're a team that needs to be talked about. I hope yeah. honestly that uh, they can make some moves, but Texas is dang good. I think if anybody's going to come for the King in Tennessee, it's going to be Texas. I think that Texas is the only team that has uh, the depth, um, the discipline, and honestly, just the talent to be able to match them if they ultimately were able to get to Omaha. Um, I just think it's going to be tough. And I think that you got War Warrell has been fun. Agnos has been fun. ECU has been great. Yep. Um, but it's just you're going up against the beast in Texas and Melendez and Hanson and everybody else uh, that comes up the line for them. Uh, we don't even talk much about a guy named Murphy Steely. So, I mean, it's going to yeah. be amazing. It's going to be yeah. amazing. I agree. Um, I do think, te- I think Texas takes this in two. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this because you kind of said all I would say too, but don't sleep on the East Carolina atmosphere, man. That is a tough place to play. That honestly might be one of the better atmospheres. It might not be the yep. best competition we see on the field, but it, it, will be, it will be one of the best atmospheres. I think maybe the best atmosphere. It's hard to not say that in-state rivalry, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, um, yeah. Knoxville is going to be lit. And then I think you got to consider – go hey, go to the Twitter poll and put your input in. And if you don't think that we had a right one, uh, then write your own in, but we def we had a poll right now, Charlie, and and I'll read you the results so far. As we are recording here on Tuesday, what will be the most lit super regional? Thirty eight percent say Knoxville, twenty five percent say College Station, twenty four percent Greenville, thirteen percent Hattiesburg. So, um, that's what we see there. Yeah, we'll um, see. Potential, potential. So that is the midweek podcast. We will next week be previewing ooh, what's going to be happening in Omaha. CWS, baby. Nebraska. But first, we got to get through these super regionals. Uh, watch as much college baseball as you can this weekend. I heard it's good for your heart, your yep. brain, your soul, like every single aspect of health. I heard it's good for you. I heard it's good. So um, yeah, if you follow that good advice, watch as much as you can. And uh, come support the Midweek Podcast while you're doing it because we're going to try to deliver all that to you as well. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Now I'm going to start collecting props, connecting plots, networking like a conference. Because the nonsense is yet to stop. Jake, shake me down. Haters want to take me down. Break me down. Clap. All they heard was a sound. Yo, I scoped it out. I took your weak dream and choked it out. Your bitch don't really got no ass.